0: Welcome to Heard at Heritage. Heard at Heritage features cutting-edge analysis and thought from leading experts in and across the conservative movement,
1: as well as premier events and programming from the Heritage Foundation here in the heart of Washington, D.C., brought straight to you. Good afternoon, everyone. And the Heritage Foundation's Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom is very pleased to be joined by all of you today's discussion on partnership with Finland and Sweden. Uh, such, such an extremely important partnership that has been strengthened over the past few years over agreements, exercises, and we hope to continue to move that partnership forward in the uh, next four years ahead. And we're very grateful to be joined by two very distinguished panelists who I'll briefly introduce. First, Maria Tilpai who is the defense counselor at the Embassy of Finland here in Washington. Previously, she was Ministerial Advisor on U.S. Cooperation at the Defense Policy Department in the Finnish Ministry of Defense, as well as Ministerial Advisor on EU Defense Fund and Industrial Issues at the MOD. Mari received her Master of Science in International Relations from the University of Helsinki and her Master of Science in Management from Aalto University's School of Economics. She has served in a number of defense and political posts, including counselor to the EU's delegation to the UN, as well as five years as a counselor in the prime minister's office. Mari, we're so happy to be joined by you today. Uh, all with us as well is Magnus Bergman, who is the defense counselor at the embassy of Sweden to the United States. Mr. Bergman took his master of laws at USAPA University in Sweden. He has also studied American foreign and security policy at the American University in Washington, D.C., and is an officer in the Swedish Air Force Reserve. His career has included roles as defense counselor at the Permanent Representative of Sweden at the EU. More recently, Magnus has served in a number of roles within the Ministry of Defense, including head of section for operations at the Department for Military Capability and Operations, the Deputy Head of Department for Military Capability and Operations, and subsequently was appointed Deputy Director for General and Head of Department. Magnus, we thank you as well for joining us. So to kickstart our discussions, uh, at this point I'm going to hand the floor over to Mari for some opening thoughts. Mari, over to you. Uh,
2: thank you so much, Daniel, and uh, thank you uh, to the Her- Heritage Foundation for this very um, timely um, discussion. Thanks for your interest in the, uh, in the Baltic Sea region and in the partnership um, uh, between the US, Finland and Sweden, this trilateral partnership, which is a very important uh, partnership for, for us. Um, let me first uh, start by saying that um, the Finnish government just published um, the report, the new report on foreign and security policy, and that obviously um, is a key document defining uh, some of our goals and priorities in the field of uh, uh, in, in the field of foreign and security uh, policy. It's still being discussed in the parliament at the moment, uh, but it's basically. Um, um uh, all, the, all the questions that we're discussing here today are obviously uh, part of that, that report. Um, basically, the issue uh, of the Baltic Sea region, uh, obviously uh, we've noticed um, the changes, the, um, the, 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 the increasing uh, great power competition is obviously uh, also having an impact on the Baltic Sea region. Um, It it, it is considered uh, more unstable at the moment uh, uh, and and we all need to be very um, um, careful about uh, the future developments. The way we are approaching uh, the state of play uh, uh, is is naturally um, by uh, keeping our defence strong, by enhancing our defence capabilities uh, and, at the same time, um, enhancing cooperation uh, with our partners uh, in, the, in a number of uh, different formats uh, at the moment. Um, naturally, the EU is a key framework, key partner uh, community for us. Um, NATO, our, our partnership with NATO is, is naturally uh, an important um, feature. Uh, and uh, then uh, in particular the topic of today the trilateral cooperation partnership with uh, with these countries as well as uh, our bilateral partnership with Sweden uh, as well they're all very relevant they're all contributing uh, to stability and security in the Baltic Sea region one of the um, uh, in addition obviously um, I mentioned our, our, our um, Strong aim to maintain our defense strong. Um, we have just increased uh, our military expenditure, our our budget for next year by a sizable amount um, basically 50%. And uh, the expenditure amounts to um, about 2.2% at the moment uh, for next year. Obviously, um, one of the big reasons is the um, the acquisition that we're preparing the replacement for the uh, future replacement of the fighter fleet, the, um, the important acquisition, which obviously shows also our intent to keep um, the defense um, very, very strong. Um, uh, when it comes to um, the partnerships, uh, I think we've all just read, read also the new NATO uh, reflection report uh, 2030, which was published yesterday. Um, that also um, shows the importance of partnerships. Um, it's a very interesting report. It's, uh, it it emphasizes also the need to um, continue to develop partnerships and also keep the open door policy, um, uh, which is an important uh, feature of NATO um, as well. The political dialogue with the US, with, the Na- with, with NATO, um, all those are um, very essential elements uh, for um, also uh, keeping the stability in the Baltic Sea region. So let me uh, let me finish uh, there for the short introduction and then I'm very happy to continue this discussion um, uh, with, uh, with my Swedish colleague and with, uh, with, the, with the audience potential questions from the audience. Very happy to be here today. Thank you, Daniela.
1: Thank, thank you so much, Mari. That was a wonderful way to set the scene. Thank you for uh, discussing some of the recent developments uh, in Finland. Uh, at this time, I'd like to pass the floor over to Magnus. Uh, Magnus, wonderful to see you as well. Uh, thank you for joining us today. The floor is yours.
0: Well, I'll try to pick up where uh, where uh, Mari left off as well, but I, I wanted to give you um, a little bit of a background to where we are in Sweden right now on our new defense bill. Uh, we have been... Um, drafting this defense bill for for the uh, entire year. And uh, it is based upon uh, white books from the Defense Commission of Sweden. The Defense Commission is a parliamentary committee uh, which assembles uh, under the uh, heading of the Ministry for Defense. Uh, The committee is extended by experts from agencies and and the armed forces uh, alike. And it has delivered two uh, white papers, you can say, one on civil defense and one on military defense. And uh, those two have been amalgamated, you can say, into the new defense bill uh, that will cover the years 2021 until 2025. So it's a five-year plan altogether for for the defense. Um, when dealing with this, uh, we have decided to put a lot of emphasis on, on increased spending for defense. Both for the civil and for the military side of defense, and the reason for this is basically uh, only one word: it is Russia. It is the the uh, deteriorated security situation, security policy situation in the Baltic Sea region, and I would say in in Europe as uh, in general, uh, the situation has deteriorated and continue to deteriorate with the with the happenings, of course, that you can see in, in Belarus and, and in Ukraine. So, for us, this is something that has been going on for quite some time. Um, we know, of course, that, that the illegal annexation of, of Crimea continues to violate the, the European security order, and it shows the Russian willingness to use military force in order to gain political uh, goals. And this is something that we can we can see elsewhere uh, as well. Taking in the increased military activity in the Baltic Sea region and the high north over the last years, I think most importantly, you can say that Russia is continuing to uh, its military buildup in our vicinity, in the Baltic Sea region and in the high north and in the Arctic as well, for, for that matter. And it is conducting hybrid activities against other states as we speak, including Sweden and Finland. Um, What we have come to is, is, uh, in our dealings with the new defense bill, the conclusions from the security policy analysis is that an armed attack against Sweden cannot be excluded, and nor can we exclude the use of military means or threat of use of military means against us. And of course, it It uh, goes without saying that in the event of an an armed conflict arising in our neighborhood, in the Baltic Sea area or in the high north, Sweden will inevitably be affected by that. And this is is why we come to to the the fact that, that we will build security together with others. We will build it in multilateral and bilateral cooperations. Uh, I think you will know that, that we have the, the closest cooperation together with our, our neighbor, Finland. Uh, and we do integrated operational planning together, Sweden and, and Finland, to be able to, to answer to the security needs of the, of the Baltic Sea region. And, of course, we're a member of the, of the EU and, and the UN, and then, uh, as Mari said, an, an enhanced opportunities partner to NATO. Uh, and Coming to this, we we have also decided and stated in the new Defence Bill that we would like to to coordinate our own national uh, operational planning and continuous planning together with other nations. We would like to do it with, of course, the Nordics, um, Norway and Denmark, uh, but also then UK, US and NATO as an organisation. And this is a, a way of, of course, uh, preparing for for the event of of having to work together in in our vicinity with Finland we're one step ahead of, of that of course as we do integrated operational planning together I think also that the the trilateral cooperation between Sweden Finland and the us is of major importance to the regional stability in the Baltic Sea area and also of course for the continued improvement of capability and capacity to to join forces in a strained environment should that be necessary for us to to act together uh, to um, repel an, any adversaries from from our territory or territories. So this is this is some of the foundations for the new defense bill. The new defense bill comprises an increase in in 40% uh, our defense budget. So it's a 40% increase up until 2025 uh, without buying new fighter jets. <laughs> But um, uh, we do buy quite a lot of other stuff, among them uh, Patriot uh, systems from, from the U.S., as I'm sure you're, you're aware. So, so this spending will, of course, be, be um, on the acquisition side, but it will also be on training and, and enlargement of, of the organization, the wartime organization as such. So it is a larger uh, armed forces structure that we foresee in the, in the future, And, of course, it is a major um, also drive to to reinstate the civil defense aspect of of our total defense concept in in Sweden. Something that we have to rebuild, having abolished that system altogether in in the last few decades. Finland is ahead of us there, I can say, because they have kept their their system in the civil defense area. And we will now, of course, look towards Finland to get it back again. In, in Sweden. So, so this is something that we strive together. And just to coming back to the trilateral setting, the, the, the Sweden-Finland-US setting, I think this is something also that is that is very good for for the US to understand the deepening of the defense cooperation that we have between Sweden and Finland in the in the Baltic Sea and and for the Baltic Sea security. So I'll stop there, not to, to monopolize the time here. Thank you. That was wonderful. I really appreciate both of your opening comments.
1: Um, as, as I said, the U.S. cooperation, I think, with Finland and Sweden is really a, a wonderful example of U.S. engagement uh, with partners to build security uh, in a very important region for the U.S. So there's a lot of different directions we could take this conversation. Perhaps first, if we just talk about threats, we, we talked about, of course, Russia is is the preeminent threat in the Baltic Sea region. Represents a real military threat. Uh, Russia also, of course, uses these sort of lower-level uh, simmering activities, uh, uh, military activity, EPS jamming, uh, calling last-minute live-fire exercises in the Baltic, um, flying or in your airspace or sailing um, in in your your seas. How do you? What is the best way you think to sort of counter those those actions? And then. Related, do you think that the ongoing crackdown in Belarus has fundamentally shifted the security picture in the Baltic Sea region? Or how do you see that, that impacting it, if at all?
2: Yeah, if, um, if I um, go first, uh, let me first uh, say that um, I really appreciated Magnus uh, also describing uh, the situation in the Baltic Sea. Many Obviously, uh, the same factors um, uh, apply to us and our thinking as, as well. Um, when it comes to the uh, Russian um, uh, sort of lower-level activities and influencing, I think um, I, I, I guess we have to see them as part of the um, sort of broader um, set of measures or activities um, they, they they may use. And uh, this is obviously an example of uh, of, of reasons why the tensions. Um, tensions are rising and why they why why the region is considered more more unstable um, I think the best the, the same goes needless to say the same goes very much with the Belarus I mean that's an example of uh, the activity uh, that uh, that can just add to the uh, to the instability I wouldn't um, uh, sort of go into details but um, obviously um, uh, the obviously we see that the best way to um respond or best best way to be prepared to the uns- unstable situations and increasing um instability is um, is is to be ready and to to prepare to be resilient to enhance the um enhance the resilience um in in a wider way in, including um Many sectors in the society. Um, so I, I I really see that uh, it's part of, or we see in Finland that it's part of the, um, this sort of a wide overall preparedness uh, where you where you then uh, are able to um, to counter to uh, this sort of a broad set of influencing, be it hybrid, be it cyber be it uh, disinformation um, so that's that's how we see it when you refer to the um, some of the measures like the airspace uh, incidents uh, one of the measures we always take is to make it pu- public um, obviously that's a, that's a valid sort of a me- method when it comes to different type of uh, influencing uh, attempts or operations the the question of attribution is uh, is is an important one in in hybrid influencing and and so 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 forth and making things public is one of the ways obviously to to deal with it
0: just to quickly uh, add a few things to to that i think the the effect of the uh, of the events in in belarus and what is going on there between between russia and and belarus as well and the Russian involvement I think this is this is yet another example of, of the undemocratic nature of course of the regime in in Belarus and and of course the Russian influence on that regime in in Belarus and um, of course we all know that that Russia is is acting covertly and even overtly in in Belarus and of course um this affects the the security situation as a whole in the Baltic Sea area, but it's it's yet another example I would say of of what is going on and what has been been going on uh, which stems out of out of uh, Moscow and Russia um, for that sake and and when it comes to countering the harassments or or so in the in the Baltic Sea, I think showing presence uh, and as Mari said, of course, also attribute uh, those harassments. To, to um, the perpetrator, but but I think showing presence and again the trilateral and, and our bilateral, our respective bilateral uh, cooperation in in terms of, of exercises, air exercises, naval exercises, etc., are very good means of of actually showing presence not only from from our side in in the area but also from the U.S. side. So, so this is something that we can do together and and to send a clear message that. That we uh, we do protect our own borders, uh, we watch out for each other, and and also we protect the right to to maneuver on the high seas.
1: Thank you. That that's a great segue into uh, my next question is about uh, the partnership, the specific the trilateral partnership with the United States. In 2018, uh, our three nations signed a statement of intent to de- to strengthen defense cooperation. And I think at the time, a couple of Russian officials uh, threatened retaliation for Finland and Sweden signing this agreement with the U.S. Could you discuss some of the specific ways in which this agreement has led to deeper cooperation in the last few years? Uh, one of the questions we already received from our audience is about uh, specifically exercises uh, that uh, are ongoing. I know there's there's a number of these exercises which have taken place. I think about the Aurora exercises over the last few years in particular around Gotland. So, we'd be uh, curious if you could perhaps um, tie that into your discussion of, of the agreement. Thank you.
2: Um, thank you. Um, well, I think first of all, uh, what the trilateral um, cooperation and partnership demonstrates um, from the for, for the U.S. or from the U.S. point of view, um, I think it's a it's a great example of. Um, how the um, how the um, national defense strategy has been uh, defining the the importance of the Allied and partners for the US itself and for the um, for acting based on shared interest interests in particular regions where every every every, every side is the winner in a way uh, in this type of Partnerships. Um, we, um, we, we, we definitely value this this feature of the uh, national defense strategy, and hope that that can be developed um, further further also under the, uh, the new administration. I'm sure um, it certainly has um, provided a new new impetus and new 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 basis for cooperation between our countries you mentioned exercises there are obviously a number of exercises there's more um, more uh, sort of a systematic or deeper uh, political dialogue there's cooperation in terms of situational awareness Um, more uh, more sort of um, um in, in 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 the more cooperation in the field of intelligence so um it's it's, 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 an, it's a partnership that provides for many many opportunities and many many uh further um, further activities as well just uh just to uh, leave it there thank you at this point
0: thank you Magnus, do you have anything to add on that question? Maybe just adding to, uh, of course, I agree with, with Mari here, that, that this is a forum for discussion and, and a very good forum for, for also taking the cooperation uh, further. Uh, of course, we, we have a policy dialogue uh, included in this trilateral uh, statement uh, of intent. Uh, but there's also the possibility, of course, to, to engage more in practical terms between the, the respective armed forces, uh, most notably on the exercise field, of course, and, uh, and in training. On the exercise field, it is, as I mentioned to, uh, as a response to the, to the previous question, the air exercises and naval exercises that are ongoing and, and have been been conducted in the, in the Baltic Sea area. But also, I would say, other exercises where there are more participants, we, we use those exercises as a means to enhance, of course, the, the trilateral partnership as well. So we're not locked into only a trilateral setting. But we can use those other exercises as well as a driving factor for improving the, uh, and, and exploiting the, the cooperation regime within the trilateral setting. And of course, I mean, there's, there's Arctic Challenge exercise, which we do together with Norway, with a strong support from, from the U.S. Air Force as well and from U.S. Air Force Europe. And, and then we have the, the various um, uh, exercises in, in the Baltic Sea area where we have a lot of, of naval activities, uh, as soon as, as the U.S. is, is flying in, in support of, of the Baltic states uh, and, of course, doing doing Baltic air policing missions, then we have regularly uh, been training together and, and exercising together uh, with, with U.S. forces from, from both Sweden and, and from Finland. So it's, it's, um, it's a means of also to, to be able to take the opportunities as they come uh, to to enhance our our training together and and to enhance our, our interoperability when it comes to acting in and around our our uh, area in the Baltic Sea. Thank you. Uh, we had a question along uh, these similar lines. Your
1: partnership with the other Nordic countries, so um, Nord code Can you talk a little bit about that framework um, and sort of how that fits into the security picture and how you're thinking about regional security? Um. Okay.
2: Thanks, um, ha- happy to, um, of course. Um, as I um, referred to in the beginning, there are a number of different uh, multilateral arrangements and different uh, formats also in, 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 in our region. And the Nordic cooperation is, is, is naturally a very important one. Also Nordics cooperating with the Baltic states as well. Um, the NORDEFCO as such, um, is um, is obviously um, um, uh, a way way to deal with um, different uh, different regions as well. In the sense uh, that the Baltic uh, the Baltic Sea region um, uh, also links to the High North and North Atlantic uh, in that uh, in that cooperation and. That's uh, something that we strongly sort of advocate in, uh, wh- whenever it comes to partnership with NATO, whenever it comes to uh, different formats. Uh, all these regions link together and uh, the dynamics link together uh, no matter uh, how separate Some, someone might see them, but they, they're not separate in, in our view so um go um if i may say uh, we will, will be um assuming the chairmanship uh next year um and uh that's a year-long uh effort um every time uh for each <laughs> each of us um obviously one of the key um key uh, features also in that cooperation is um the link to the transatlantic transatlantic link the link uh to the US also and um, various activities uh will be done during our 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 year of chairmanship as well um it's um it's um it's also uh sometimes meeting with other other countries um which is called the northern group um meeting with the UK with, with with Germany so um it it shows that all these different arrangements basically um they're they're partly overlapping they're partly separate but uh, the existence of these various formats um add to dialogue add to um uh cooperation interoperability and 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 this enhanced um, enhanced security um, in, in 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 many ways
1: mister do you have anything else you'd like to add on that topic?
0: Well, basically only to say that that the uh, Nordefco uh, cooperation is designed in a way that that we can we can do things together all the five of us or, or we can do things uh, with only two member states of the nordefco agreeing to do a separate project or or uh, pursue something. So it's an inclusive format where we uh, we do not have to do everything uh, everyone at the same time and that's why we also can enhance the the bilateral re- relationships and the trilateral relationships uh, within the nodefco where without without having to have uh, all members uh, in on it. And I would say that is that is something that is shown by the example of cross-border training, as we have in the northern parts of, of Finland, Sweden and Norway, where we uh, weekly, I would say, we fly training missions uh, and and use three different air bases in three different countries. And the U.S. has been, been training with us in, in cross-border training activities for, for a number of times as well. So this is something where we can invite others. And we do it under the heading of the Nodefco, but it is a, a, a down... Up, you can say a bottom up perspective from the from the air forces actually to to create this this training and exercise scheme in order to to facilitate the maneuvering up north so so those are, are examples of things that you can do but nordefco is is really something that we can use as a vehicle for for advancing everything from from policy and and from from policy statements to very practical cooperations and and training and also acquisition projects, actually. That's great. Uh, We're getting uh, quite a few
1: questions from the audience. So a number of them have been on the question of China. So of course, Russia is the preeminent security threat in the region, but China really will be be the sort of primary overarching challenge, uh, I would say, for the transatlantic community as we've seen. uh, And I think it's going to be that way for the next few decades. So how do you envision um, your nations in the U.S., and Europe, generally in the United States, working together to address the, the China question? Uh, of course, um, both Finland and Sweden have important telecommunications uh, firms, which uh, are, are playing into this discussion a little bit in terms of 5G. So would be curious how we can more closely align our strategies in terms of, of dealing with the the issue of a rising china and the security threats therein thanks
2: well it's clearly uh, one of the most important questions um as you said uh for us russia very much exists sometimes you don't have a feeling in uh, in in uh, here here when you discuss with people that uh, russia exists china is uh, the dominant uh, interest and and, and challenge and so it is also for Europe. I mean we're clearly uh, understanding the importance of China um, but it may obviously be defined a bit differently. China is, is obviously um, a competitor and it's uh, it can be a partner in, in, in certain issues but it's uh, I also considered um, this systemic rival for 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 europe as well and we definitely have to find um we we definitely have to talk about it in the transatlantic um community and try to find a way i think very symbolic of this is that yesterday in the nato's uh, foreign minister's meeting um Finland and Sweden and, and and the EU were invited to the session which was discussing China. So that's how we participated in the in the NATO Foreign Ministers meeting. Um, and it shows the importance of this transatlantic discussion, it shows the importance of finding a a um, a sort of a common 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 approach and finding a way. When you refer to um to the um, tech companies, um, that's obviously a demonstration of the challenge. How the technology security um, go together nowadays are are very much linked, and 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 that that is the question for future uh, for all of us.
0: Yeah, I can just add there to to, to what maris said that that of course I believe that that i mean europe and um, and the us has to work together on the on the technical systems on the on on the policy towards uh, china when it comes to to security interests and and to to national security interests in in this uh, very tech dominated uh, field of course and i think that is actually the the possibility for us together in the transatlantic setting between europe and and the us to um, to push back on 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 the on the, uh, on the Chinese uh, efforts to create dependencies globally, when when it comes to to tech and 5G uh, etc., and we will soon have 6G upon us, I guess. So so all these things, uh, there, there's an opportunity, I think, for for Europe and and the US to set the standards, to to adhere to the standards, and and then push back against the the uh, the dominance that that China would like to to create in this in this sphere and of course I mean as Mari said we get get that that China is is at the top of the agenda in in Washington DC and and of course uh, rightly so from from the US perspective Uh, but nevertheless I think Sweden and Finland will always uh, try to to say that don't forget Russia. Russia is the the imminent uh, military threat not only to to its neighboring countries but also to to stability in other parts and regions of the of the world so that's the imminent threat we do not we do not see uh, a chinese military threat as imminent in the long run certainly if the if the build up is is continuing etc etc but don't forget that that Russia is still benefiting a lot from its its program where where they they uh, modernized the entire armed forces, and they, Russia will continue to to benefit from from that modernization program for the next 10-15 years. Although their economy is going down the drain, it will still uh, benefit from from those because they were carefully crafted and they were carefully planned and they were carefully executed plans. To modernize their their armed forces, so we will keep keep reminding everyone in in D.C. as well about the the importance of of keeping an eye on Russia. Of course, understanding that that China is is at the top of the agenda here in this city. Uh, that that's an extremely important point. I think for
1: for the U.S. It was largely sort of asleep at the wheel until 2014. Um, you know, as to the threat from Russia. And that, of course, is driving uh, the decisions that uh, you talked about, uh, as well as, Mari, at the beginning about defense investment, major procurements, uh, doubling uh, conscription over the next few years, returning to Gotland, some of these things. And, you know, we have a question from the audience about um, cyber. Um, So, you know, sort of your concern about cyber attacks from Russia targeting specifically infrastructure. Uh, as we've seen, we saw in Ukraine targeting uh, uh, energy providers, shutting down uh, the power grid and whatnot. But I, I would also expand that out to uh, perhaps you could just flesh out a little more uh, both of your nation's sort of total defense concept um, about um, taking on, preparing the society to be resilient to some of the hybrid threats that we're facing from Russia, these these attacks on uh, sort of really our very institutions um, and some of these, these you know, other high means that they might be utilized uh, that would be helpful perhaps with the audience
2: well very much what what, what I uh, already referred to um, a bit that um, basically um, hybrid um influencing obviously can use hybrid can use cyber hybrid can use uh, any any kind of influencing or threat It's not a new concept we've seen it before. Uh, over the years, but obviously uh, the technology, the means of uh, doing this kind of things, has evolved and has has made it more 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 challenging. Uh, that's why the whole whole of society approach to many of these things uh, is all the more important when you really need to um, you need to uh, be uh, resistant and resilient, resilient in every sector of society. Um, and I think we've, uh, we've um, followed that approach um, over the years. Uh, it's not a new thing. It's not a new invention. You, you basically um, just can build based, based on that kind of thinking. Uh, when countering new type of, new type of threats, so so I think that's that goes from the education that goes to the civil uh, fields of society, um, and I think when you consider uh, the the, the, the vulnera- vulnerabilities or weaknesses in the society, that's that's how you um, how how you basically strengthen the whole. Whole of a society when you try to um, just take um, take all the sectors and and make sure that they're ready um, to to resist in a way in this in this field.
0: Well, I think when it when it comes to to cyber and the hybrid threats, as as Maya referred to the for us, it's uh, it's very much in line with with what we have to do with the uh, with the build up of of the civil defense again in in Sweden, of course. Uh, one of the measures that we will take is, is to, to establish a new agency for psychological warfare, and they will deal with a lot of the, uh, the cyber issues, of, of course, in this, uh, not only uh, possible election uh, influence or, or trying to influence elections, but also the whole psychology of, of warfare when it comes to, to indoctrination, when it comes to, to um having the truth out and and all of the, these things in in society uh, at large so there will be a new agency established in 2022 in in sweden as part of the new defense bill to to deal with all of this we used to have such an agency we did away with it a couple of decades ago but we're now reintroducing that kind of agency to to deal with the, with those threats what we do in the military field is is to uh, put even more money and, and effort into and training also into uh, cyber defense capabilities, um, both on the defensive side, but also on the, on the offensive side, to be able to to develop the offensive side of the of the cyber defense capabilities in order to counter those attacks from from um, if it be Russia or anybody else that that will uh, perform these these ones, we should be able to. To counter them also with offensive matters uh, or, or means from from the military side. So, so that w- that will be uh, strengthened also by the by the new um, defense bill. Thank you. That's that's very helpful for both of
1: you around that concept. I, I think I would be remiss, of course, if I if I didn't um, talk a little more about the Arctic, uh, which both of you touched on in, in your remarks. Of course, your Arctic nations as well as as Baltic nations and the geopolitical situation in the Arctic region is is shifting rapidly as well. You've both, in in your official documents, expressed a commitment to working towards um, an Arctic which remains peaceful uh, and a region of cooperation. But could you talk a little bit about how you're preparing for security contingencies? Um, I know, for instance, there was the northern wind exercises above the Arctic Circle last year. Can you talk to how you you're planning to respond to any future uh, security threats in the Arctic? I know Magnus, you mentioned, of course, uh, Russia's build up um, in the Arctic region. Can you talk a little bit about how you're sort of balancing that desire to to keep the region peaceful, but also preparing for contingencies?
0: Of course, I mean, this is something as you as you said, we 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 have a very strong interest in in keeping the Arctic region as as a peaceful region and and as a region for for um, for uh, science and, and for for those things to to develop and of course to keep the Arctic Council as it is, not to introduce the security and defense policy dimension into the Arctic Council. Uh, we believe that that would be a mistake to do that. We could of course meet with with uh, with Russia on the on the interests of of climate change and of course of battling climate change. And that is particularly pronounced in the arctic uh, region of course so those areas i think we can we can work within the arctic council uh, on on climate and on science and and uh, the peaceful uh, use of resources um, when it comes to to the security and, and the military dimensions i think we from our perspective talking talking from a swedish perspective we we see this of course as, as a common undertaking we will have to work together if there is a security or a military uh, threat to to the arctic uh, region and this is something that that neither sweden nor finland nor norway uh, can can handle on its own this is something that we have to do together and and in cooperation and 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 in coalition if that is the case it's also something that i think we um talking to Mari has to correct me if I'm wrong but but, but Sweden and Finland uh, I think we can benefit from from having that discussion within NATO and together with NATO as well on, on in our enhanced opportunities partner setting to to actually talk about the Arctic I know that NATO is is, is uh, also coming to more and more of discussions on the Arctic and and how to deal with with security threats in the Arctic because NATO members, NATO member states, of course, are, are Arctic states uh, as, as well, some of them. So so this is something that I think we can discuss together also in, in the setting of, of the EUP, together with the, with NATO countries.
2: Yes, I, I can only echo Magnus. I think um, we're, we're both Arctic countries, so basically whatever we do in the defense, in our defense capabilities uh, are basically... Um, um, functioning in the Arctic, uh, in the whole country, we're not. We don't need separate, specific Arctic forces or anything. So, um, just to just to sort of um, clarify. But uh, um, basically, uh, very much this is very much what I was already saying also before that uh, Arctic is linked to our region. We are linked to uh, Arctic region and. We would very much see it necessary um, to discuss these issues um, with NATO as well. Uh, obviously, the EU is also a, an important uh, actor um, in this discussion, uh, more 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 so. But uh, definitely, NATO discussion in terms of the military um, is uh, something we would we would we would uh, we would see pertinent as well.
1: Very helpful comments um and you know Magnus, I think in particular, this discussion of, of NATO needing to take on a, a more robust role or at least discussion of their role it's sort of a, a an under discussed flank uh, of the nato alliance and and frankly, I thought that the recent report was a little thin on the Arctic front disappointingly uh, but would would definitely welcome um, you know Finland and Sweden pushing that higher onto the agenda through. The enhanced opportunity partnership, um, and you know another area I think that will be interesting to keep an eye on the next few years, of course, is Russia taking over the chairmanship, the rotating chairmanship of the Arctic um, Council. I think um, next year. So I would be curious, you know, are there areas that you think that Russia may focus on in their program that um, that may be fruitful for collaboration? Uh, Magnus, you mentioned uh, climate. Of course, Russia has had some um, pretty unfortunate uh, environmental spills and whatnot in the Arctic region over the past few years, which, of course, uh, were going to affect um, the whole regional ecosystem. So do you have any insight in, into where you think Russia is going to sort of focus their efforts and their chairmanship at all?
0: Well, no, I can't say I have any any uh, insights in, into the Russian programming for, for the next year. But but if they are serious about having a discussion on on climate and climate change, in the Arctic, and, and also the protection of, of the Arctic uh, environment, and of course of the polar ice cap as, as such, it's it's something that that I mean we would from 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 the Swedish government side we would be extremely interested in pursuing that that agenda. Of course, together with with Russia and the other Arctic states in the Arctic Council. So so this is uh, I think the main area where 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 there's potential for enormous progress in terms of of the discussions in the arctic council as well and i uh, i guess we can we can find ways of of doing that i know that that the us has had its hesitations on on this as well but i think there are ways to to uh to take that discussion forward and to and to come into to action as well on 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 the uh changing of of climate and the effects of of climate change on the polar ice cap for example perhaps i I think we have time for maybe a couple more questions here from the audience. So I'll, I'll ask
1: maybe both of these at the same time. Uh, the, the first one is about um, the UK's role in the region, security role uh, with both of your nations. Of course, the UK is uh, actively involved in henceforth presence in Estonia, leading that uh, multinational battalion there. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your security partnership with uh, the British? I think that would be uh, one question. Um, that we had asked uh, from the audience, and then um, the second one really is is about the enhanced opportunity partnership. So, you know, of course, Finland and Sweden are uh, as close to NATO as is, is any non-member state uh, can possibly be. Uh, do you think, you know, however you you sort of your countries will reach sort of a natural uh, limiting um wall in terms of your cooperation with nato i mean you continue to push this cooperation forward do you think that there are are other areas that um that you can continue to involve that cooperation um of course you know i, I put my cards on the table. i'd love to see both of your nations uh join uh the alliance uh one day as as full member states um but just curious you know how do you see that relationship evolving short of membership thank you
2: if i um answer briefly to these questions Uh, first UK um, obviously the relationship with the UK is very important and it's it will be even more important uh, to secure the security cooperation with them uh, once uh, they um, sadly leave the the EU so uh, so they are in a little bit different situation from uh, from uh, from the EU days, but uh, we definitely cooperate with them. They're important. Uh, we're participating in this multilateral sort of arrangement uh, led by them, which is uh, which is important uh, for the um, also for the uh, northern Europe um, uh, NATO partnership, uh, as discussed already. Uh, we are very interested in using all these. Um, opportunities obviously to enhance the partnership uh, it's um, it's um i think the eop um, i was just jokingly say saying it should be maybe endless opportunities partnership uh, but uh maybe maybe not officially <laughs> um no i think you can build on that you can uh, you can continue to find um uh, find new New uh, forms of uh, cooperation, and we just mentioned the Arctic. I mean, there are there are important dimensions that um, that uh, that always come new new sort of questions that need to be um, need to be um, brought into the partnership field as well. So we we definitely hope um, more development and uh, being part of the discussion. And uh, like I referred to the US um, uh, national defence strategy, the importance of partners, it goes, it's the same for NATO. I think NATO benefits from from partners and it is a win-win situation to both sides. So I would count on on the interests of NATO to develop these partnerships uh, further as well. Thanks.
0: Well, firstly, on the uh, on the UK question, I mean, we have a we have a strong relationship with the, with the UK on on uh, security policy and defence policy matters, and of course, um, as I mean, both Sweden and Finland is, uh, participates in in the Joint Expeditionary Force, the uh, that the UK is is uh, running, and of course, the the importance of, of I think also to keep, as Mari alluded to, to keep uh, the UK in in the uh, in the loop when 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 we talk uh, security and defense in the european union uh, i think that there's a there's a need to always have uk in the in the uh, discussion as well all by are leaving the the union so um, i would see uh, only the possibility of of strengthening our relationship we have a uh, An memor- memorandum of understanding together with with the UK as well on on defence policy and, and matters, and it's it's a long list of, of things we can do. We regularly exercise together, and we we have a lot of of training and and exercises exchanges between us. Uh, when it comes to enhanced operational partnership, I guess um, of course the Arctic security and the High North, as as we said, but I think also closer discussions and more in-depth discussions on the security policy uh, and defense policy aspects of the Baltic Sea region, uh, how, to de- how to defend the Baltic Sea region in, in, in the case that that should be needed. I think there are there are opportunities and analysis that can be beneficial to, to take in a, in a setting of, of NATO plus two in, in that respect. So. Um, uh, and also, if I if I talk from a bilateral standpoint, uh, Sweden NATO, um, it is the the express intent in the in the uh, defense bill, as I said, to to coordinate operational planning together with NATO as an organization. We would like to have a, a system where we coordinate our operational planning, our contingency planning, to get together with NATO and if we of course do that uk comes in there as well as i mentioned denmark norway uk us and nato are those who are expressly mentioned in the in the new defence bill uh, who would like to to have coordinated operational planning together with so i think there are matters of of um, or there are areas where, where we can definitely go more in depth and areas where we can we can start uh, a new discussion also but not only discussing on the, on the policy level, but also actually coming down to, to doing some work on the floor in, in, the, in terms of planning and, and coordinated planning aspects. Great. Well, that, that was a terrific way, I think, to sort
1: of end the discussion. We touched on a, a whole number of, of areas in terms of Baltic and Arctic security, uh, heard about some of the very important investments, uh, how the trilateral partnership is deep and how your partnership uh, with NATO, um, has, has strengthened over the past few years. And uh, I hope that we're here in a year uh, talking about um, uh, further partnership enhancement. Um, and so I just want to thank you both, Mari and Magnus, for taking part in this discussion with the Heritage Foundation. Thank you to our audience uh, for being here. And uh, we hope that you have a wonderful rest of the day.